This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Happy faces. Good to see all these happy faces. Amen. Amen. Does anybody need a uh, sermon outline? If you need a sermon outline, then hold up your hand, and the ushers will be glad to put one in your hand. Okay, have some on the front row, guys. And... Over here. And while the praise team's coming in and we're uh, getting outlines handed out, uh, first thing I want to do is I want to sincerely thank everybody that gave into the offering to bless me for Father's Day uh, last week. I know I'm not, I'm not your natural dad, but as most of you spiritual dad, it was an honor and a blessing to receive that. Uh, what, what I did with that offering that you blessed me with, our daughter Annie in Alaska we can't just get in the car to drive up to Alaska to visit Annie. It's a long ways. And Annie's getting ready to have her second child at the end of July. And so it takes the bucks to fly up to Alaska and to get back from Alaska. So anyway, with the offer you gave, that nearly paid for our round-trip tickets to get there and back to see our new grandchild when it's born. So thank you, thank you, thank you for getting us to Alaska. And I know Annie and Kiana and her husband Michael will be grateful that we got to come up there. So it would be a blessing to go up there knowing that the tickets are bought. So thank you for that. And then also, in life, what we're going to teach today, I want to show you some books that will help you. Here's a good Brother Hagen book called Redeemed from Poverty, Sickness, and Spiritual Death. Redeemed from Poverty, Sickness, and Spiritual Death. Your natural death, your physical death, is one thing you, can't, you cannot avoid that physical death unless Jesus raptures you out of here first. If the rapture comes before we die then we won't die. But most of us in here are probably going to die, but you want to die saved. You want to die born again. You want to die knowing you're going to heaven because of Jesus. But then, how many here have been reading our Bible study that's online every day, Book of Revelation? People would read that Book of Revelation. I'll tell you what, the last couple of days, that's jumped off of me about the second death. About the second death and about eternal life and only the redeemed. Only the born-againers will miss that second death. Well, the second death, as was in this morning's scriptures, Revelation 21, says the second death is hell with fire and brimstone. It says it never ends. And that's the people that are not walking with God. That's the people that have no connection with God through the new birth, keeping their, if you will, keeping their credentials up to date. And every year we have to renew our mystery credentials so our minister of recovery, Dr. Barclay, will give us a new card says these guys are walking right with us. They're walking living right. They're living for God. They're still doing what they're supposed to be doing. So our credentials are renewed every year. But your, your Christian credentials are this, that you walk with God. If you blow it, like I told those graduates a while ago, stop, look up to heaven and say, Jesus, forgive me. Help me get this together. I want to stay walking with you, et cetera, et cetera. So you do your best to live for God and you miss the second death. But anyway, that's... This book tells you about that redemption. We're going to talk about several of those type of things in the sermon today. Here's one for uh, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland from Faith to Faith. <clears throat> from Faith to Faith, it's a daily devotional which will help you every day to read, to read little bite-sized nuggets of uh, Bible teachings and scriptures that will help you live a victorious Christian life. And that's what, that's what our church is all about. We want to equip you to live a victorious Christian life. Because we want you to be blessed and walk in the blessings. Amen. Amen. Somebody give a shout again before we get into this. Amen. Make sure you're warmed up. And you, a, a, amen. Amen to a preacher's like stick him to a bulldog. That means that we're jumping in and going for it. And so we hear those amens. That helps us. But anyway, today, if you notice the title is Jesus redeemed you from the curse so you can live in the blessing. And I've been thinking about that for about the last month, really. And finally, this past week, I thought, well, I'd have to teach on that. Because I haven't really hit this really hard, this specific area that we're going to today. But uh, I don't know about most of you. I know about some of you. But I know about me. I was not raised in a Christian home. I was raised in a sinner family. I loved my dad, my mom, my, my family. I loved them. But nobody in my family except my grandma knew God. My Baptist grandma is the only one I knew in the whole family knew anything about God. And grandma wasn't around us that much to be able to influence us. I was influenced totally by dad, mom, 
aunts, uncles, cousins, grandpas, grandmas on the other side of the family, that nobody knew God. And so I thought that everything had happened in life. Now listen, listen to me real close because I really want you to get this today. Because I had no Bible knowledge, I had no spiritual knowledge, I thought that everything that happened to me was either bad luck. Anybody hear about bad luck? And I dare to say there's some of you still use the word lucky. And you're born again Christians. Find luck in the Bible for me. Get your concordance out and look up bad luck, good luck. You're not going to find it. The Bible talks about blessings and cursings. And so I thought in my life, I actually thought I lived under Murphy's Law. Anybody ever heard of Murphy's Law? If anything can go wrong, it will. If it's not broke, it will break. As soon as the warranty runs out, it'll crash. Anything bad's going to happen, going to happen to me. That's what I thought everything was all about. I had no idea there was a spiritual world. I had no idea I could get under God's umbrella and be protected and live blessed. I had no idea there were evil things out there that had my number. They wanted to pull me out, knock me out, kill my family, steal my money, cause people to hate me, cause bad things to happen all the time. I had no idea those things were out there attacking me. I thought that's just what everything was like for everybody. I didn't know there was a God side that I'd get on the God side because I was raised in a family who knew nothing about that. And listen to me real close. I'm, I'm talking to everybody here today. This is really serious to me what I'm teaching today. I only had knowledge of the dark side of life. I had no knowledge of light. When I come into the family of God on January 29th, 1980, I want you to take notes today. This is really, this is really serious. This is really going to help some people in here today. When I come into the family of God on January 29th, 1980, it wasn't too long after I was in the family of God, God got me into a church that taught the Bible called Word of Faith Church. And when I got born again, I never knew there was such a thing as Christian radio. All we ever heard was hillbilly music. All we ever heard. All I ever heard was, you, was you know, oh, lonesome me. She's going to leave. The dog's going to die. Truck's going to kick the bucket. I don't know who my mama is. I don't know where I'll wake up tomorrow. Thank God it's Sunday. We can get high again. That's all the stuff I heard. That's all I knew. I said that to say this. When I got born again, I was a truck driver. And I turned on my radio just to see what was happening. And I heard a guy named Kenneth Hagin teaching the Bible. I thought, what's this? And then following him on the radio was a guy named Kenneth Copeland teaching the Bible. I started hearing people teaching the Bible, and I found out there's another world out there in radio land that my family didn't know about called Christian radio. So when I drove my truck down the highway, I started listening to Christian radio. And I hear these guys start teaching what I'm going to teach today. You're redeemed from the curse. And all I can think of is what the curse. I didn't know there's a curse. Well, you're going to find out some things today. And then God got me in a church like this. And my pastor starts teaching, you're redeemed from the curse. You're supposed to be blessed. I didn't know what blessed was. And I remember when I got around these Christians in the church, and I'd say, how you doing? And they say, blessed. It's like a cuss word almost. I'd never heard that before. All I ever heard was the stupid stuff that sinners say. And, you know, I'd want to say, well, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. But these people are saying blessed. So I had to quit saying that stuff. And so then I hear the pastors teaching on, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're not cursed. And so I started picking up words in my Christian, in my new Christian atmosphere about blessed, prospered. You're walking in the anointing of God. The grace of God's on you. Blessed of God's on you. I started to hear those kind of things. But the big thing that I noticed, I've been thinking about the last several weeks, really, 
When I first got born again, I heard them teaching. Brother Copeland, Brother Hagen, my pastors, what the Spirit of God was doing at the time in a big way, at least in my life. From Galatians chapter 3, which we're going to look at today, and Deuteronomy chapter 28. Those got drummed into me so much that within a year, my mind was totally reversed from where it used to be. And that's what Romans 12, 2 says. We're not supposed to be conformed to the world. We're supposed to be transformed by renewing of our mind. we got to change how we think. When we change how we think, we'll change how we believe. And then Jesus told us in Mark eleven twenty three, what you believe is what you'll say, and what you say is what you'll get. So I learned, I learned to start talking about things in my life like God does. I'm a blessed person. Matter of fact, when I came to California in July of 2005, I bought a car for $500. I'm selling that car at the end of this month for $500. Still got that same car. That car can't give up the ghost as long as I've got it. Why is that? That car I placed under the blessing of God when I signed that title. Now, when I release the title, I'm going to exhort the person that buys it, keep it under the blessing of God. It lasted me these last 12 years before I bought it. It was an antique. <laughs> That's a grandfather antique. But what I'm saying is I've learned that with the blessing, and you're going to say it's the word of God today. When the blessing of God is on you, you can't be cursed unless you want to. You can open the door to curses if you want to. And what's curses? World calls them bad luck. Murphy's Law. Bad things are going to happen. That's what the world calls it. But God says, that's the curse that's on the world, but I've redeemed you from that. Amen. And so we're going to look at that. And so I know that I've seen, I've seen too many believers that I know that ought to know better, but maybe they don't, to go through the things they're going through and not winning. You cannot help but go through things because you're in the world. But just because you get knocked down, you don't have to stay down. And, you know, I, I, I just throw something out there, a natural thing. You can turn to Galatians chapter 3, but uh, a natural thing that my mom used to say when we as kids, we, we grew up in the south side of Indianapolis. And I know that, uh, you know, it's just like no different Barstow. How many know what cockroaches are? Well, my dad and mom didn't know anything about the blessing, but here's what my mom used to say. says, because it happened, said, you can't help to get cockroaches in the house, but you don't, you don't have to let them stay. You can exterminate. Get rid of the roaches out of your life. And so you cannot help but have these cockroaches of life try to come to you, but they don't have to stay. You can do something about them. As long as you're in the world, there's a curse on the world. But Jesus said in John 17, that we're in the world, but not of the world. We belong to a different world. We live in this one, but our blessing comes from that one. How many know that Jesus prayed many times this prayer, Thy will be done only when we get to heaven. What did he say? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you a question if you haven't pondered this before. Why is the will of God done in heaven but not on earth? Because there's no resistance in heaven. Satan's down here. Flesh is down here. People with unrenewed minds are down here. In heaven, there's no resistance. On earth, he said, submit to God, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. On earth, he said, put your flesh under. Crucify your flesh. Tell your flesh what to do. And so there's resistance on earth. And so we have to know that the will of God in heaven is what he wants on earth. And in that chapter of Revelation we read this morning, chapter 21, he said in heaven there's going to be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more suffering. So on earth, we should, as Christians, be able to a great degree to keep that stuff out of our lives out here on earth. If we cry on earth, it ought to be with somebody we loved at 
80, 90, 100 years old, dies and goes to be with Jesus, we just start crying at that funeral because we know we're going to miss them. Amen? We ought to be crying with joy at a baby dedication, at a wedding and things like that. But here on earth, God wants us to have the blessing of God, and Jesus even prayed it for us. And so Galatians chapter 3, I want to start at verse 7. And this whole chapter is excellent, but for time we're going to hit the key parts that say what we need to see. Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 through 9 says this, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. How many here are faith people in Jesus Christ? Amen. He says that you're a child of Abraham if you're a person of faith. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. I don't know about you, but I used to be a heathen. I didn't walk with God, didn't know God, I didn't do God's ways. I was a heathen. And it says the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Bernie Samples that were anti-God. The Melinda's, the Michael's, whoever you are, whatever your name is. Before you received Jesus, you were on the heathen side. Where did you live at? Heathenville. That's where you came from. You were a heathen. But he says, would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Said, In Abraham shall all nations be blessed. That means whatever part of the world, whatever the race it is, whatever the religion they are, whoever they are, Whatever ethnic group they are, he said that through Abraham, all people can be blessed. And so then look at this, verse 9. So then they which be of faith, faith people, are blessed with faithful Abraham. Faith people, it says, have the blessings of Abraham available to them if they want them. Now let me give you an example that that's very, very real to me. Has God ever talked to anybody here besides me? Have you ever known something in your heart? That's God talking. That's not my thought. That's God. God said that. Well, back in the early 1980s, when I was a truck driver in Indianapolis, Indiana, there was a Jewish delicatessen I liked to eat at in downtown Indianapolis. And so, really, I ate there quite frequently because I delivered a lot of goods to downtown Indianapolis. Well, I I knew some of the original owners. Actually, they were like the second or third generation. The place started in the late 1800s. But I knew... I knew that their name was Shapiro's. I knew Ann Shapiro, and I knew Gus Shapiro, the people, but they, they died, and then their young nephew inherited it. And this guy was probably about 30 years old, and this was a very, very, very multimillionaire business. And he had a glass office there kind of towards the back, kind of up in the air. You look at there see Mr. Shapiro there doing his business. I was sitting there eating my, my lunch one day. I looked up there. Had just as plain as could be, I heard God say, what did young Mr. Shapiro do to inherit this business? And I was looking at Galatians chapter 3, at verse 9 there. And that was just so plain when I heard that in my spirit, God said, what did young Mr. Shapiro do to inherit this business? Well, get this. This guy could not at that age have built up this multi-million dollar business. He couldn't have built that place. As a matter of fact, the Jewish people and his family bought out that whole block. I mean, they owned everything around there. Everything had a Shapiro name on it or a Jewish name on it. He said, what did he do to inherit this business? And, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, when God talks to me like that, it catches me off guard because I wasn't expecting it. And I said, I don't know. What did he do? He said, he was born into the right family. And then based upon that verse there, then he said to me, you're born into the right family. I want you to get this. You're not the person you see in the mirror. You're not the person that was born on the wrong side of the tracks. You're not the person that has to go around saying, I'm ashamed of my last name. My last name is Mud in this town. Everybody knows who the samples are. I don't even want to tell my last name. They'll identify me with the other people. Well, I got news for you. 
You have been born again to win. Amen. Back, back, back when I got saved, the, we had this, they weren't the Hell's Angels, they was uh, called the Outlaws. The motorcycle outlaw game was big in Indianapolis. And these guys had a tattoo on their hand that they liked to show, said, born to lose. Well, you've got a tattoo on you that says, born again to win. You have got to change your thinking. He said right there, so that they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So I want to say this. Why oh, I get so crude sometimes, I have to. Watch your stupid mouth. Shut your stupid mouth up. Quit, quit trash talking. Quit trash talking about who you are as a new creature in Christ. I can say some very ugly things about who I used to be, but I'm not who I used to be. I've been born again. I have a new name. I have a new family. I'm Bernie Samples, the born again child of the Most High God. Jesus Christ hung on a cross for me. Jesus Christ took my sins. He took my weaknesses. He took my failures. He took my losing nature and he gave me his. But I have to choose to identify with my new and not my old. All through the New Testament, there's scriptures that say things like this. Put off the old man. Put on the new. You're dead with, you're, you're, you're dead with Christ to be risen with Christ. Through water baptism, the old man's buried and the new man rises. You've got to start identifying with who you are as the new person in Christ. I'm going to hit some things there really good. And I'll tell you what, today... I'm eyeball to eyeball with you because I don't want to lose you. Why is that? I'm tired of watching you lose. I'm tired of watching your families lose when you don't have to. We're in a new family. Losing is not in the definition of Christian faith. Amen. Choices have consequences. You can choose to identify with the old and the curse that went with the old. Or you can choose to identify with the new and the blessing goes with the new. It's totally up to you. But anyway, uh, I want you to keep on looking at these verses here. Look at verse 16. It says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not and to seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. And so he said specifically, these blessings that God spoke to Abraham for his future generation, he said specifically he was talking to Christ. And so these blessings are for Jesus, but then get over to verse 29. It says, if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so what that said to this, now get this, because this is where you lose at. This is where your losing mentality comes from. You look at you and you try to figure out why you could be good enough to get anything. And you look at you, all you come up with is loser. But he said that if we be Christ, we're Abraham's seed. Jesus earned it all. So we identify that when Christ comes into us and we're in Christ, we're one with Christ. And as one with Christ, he's the one that redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. He's the one that deserved the blessings. He's the one that paid the price. He's the one that got it all back. And he says, we've got to look at us in him. In him, we can be blessed. In him, we can go to heaven. And, you know, it Isaiah said that your righteousness is as filthy rags. No matter how good you are, you earn nothing. But when we're in him, he earned it all. And then we as Christians, here's where some Christians get it wrong because they're not taught right. We as Christians 
don't do good things to get right. We do good things because we are right. We're right with God. We don't do things to try to say, Lord, I want to earn favor with you because we've got favor with him already through Christ. We want to do good things. And so that's the difference between Christian thinking and non-born again people thinking. Or we could say carnal Christians that haven't had their minds renewed. They don't think right yet. But we want to do good because the good one lives in us. Does that make sense to you? Amen. Amen. And so we see right here, he says that when we belong to Christ, we're Abraham's seed. And because of that, we're heirs according to the promise. We're going to look at the promise in just a minute. So I want you for your blanks there to put this down. As born again Christians, we aren't Abraham's physical seed. We are not his physical seed. We know that Abraham's physical seed are the Jewish people. Jews are the natural seed or the flesh seed, the, the, the heirs of Abraham. But by being born again, according to the scriptures, we are Abraham's spiritual seed. We are his spiritual seed. We're Abraham's faith seed. Seed means a descendant, relative, family member. We're part of Abraham's family tree. Praise God for all of this Ancestry.com. And, and family research is so popular today. But here in Galatians chapter 3 is the most helpful and significant family lineage in history you're ever going to need. I want to say that one more time. You could have the best family lineage there ever is. Uh, my wife is very proud to let everybody know that will listen that her family came over on the Mayflower. Her family's of the original people from America, from England. And so that's, that's really good history. But you know what? When people die, they can't look up to God and say, you gotta let me in. I've got a good family tree. My family tree went all the way back to the pilgrims. God says, what's the pilgrims? But then you get somebody else like my side of the family. My family was bootleggers. My family was gangsters. My family was bad guys. That's my natural lineage. My spiritual family is I'm born again. I'm Abraham's seed. Because I'm born again, I have a right to go to heaven because of that tree. Amen? And so for all the Ancestry.coms and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of cool to know all those kind of things. I got all kinds of stuff in my background. I mean, my grandma was a, was a Cherokee Indian. And that was kind of nice. And other people in my background... But the thing is, that's my natural side, my spiritual side. My spiritual side is where the blessing comes from. So for you too, you need to research your spiritual lineage. Find out what's yours and who you are because of Jesus Christ. And I want you to go down then, and I want to look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and verse 14. And now we'll get into the sermon. You know, that was the opening. Now we get to the sermon part. Amen. We're setting it up. Galatians 3.13 says this. Christ has redeemed us. And I received that personal for me. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for me. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. I've redeemed from the curse for verse 14 that the blessing, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, might come on me. Bernie Samples, by coming on me through Jesus Christ, that I might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so what this says is this. If you're born again Christian, this is where your family tree begins. Christ hung on the tree on the cross. Christ took the penalty for the sin and the fall of man that Adam and Eve brought into the Garden of Eden. A curse come on the human race, but Adam and Eve transgressed. And so Jesus came to pay the price. My family tree starts at Calvary, called the cross of Calvary. That's my family tree. That's as far as back as I can go is back to Calvary. How far, how far back your tree go? I hope it's back the same one. Amen. Somebody said, well, how far, how far back to you trace your family tree? Well, I went back 2,000 years. Mom went back to a place called Calvary on a hill. My, 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 my spiritual elder brother 
died with two thieves. But my spiritual elder brother, Jesus Christ, didn't stay dead. He was resurrected. When he was raised from the dead, I was raised with him. I received what he did. No better preacher than you are shouting. Hey, man, you ought to get excited about that. And so verse 14 then says, so we receive the blessing of Abraham. So Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. But at the same time, he paid the price to redeem the human race from the curse, from the curse that's on the whole human race. And through Jesus, we qualify for all the blessings of Abraham. And of course, the New Testament covenant is even better. Eternal life filled with the spirit. All the authority we have, all the power we have in the name of Jesus, that belongs to us because of what Jesus did. Now, listen, I want you to look at this here. We got it down there and on the screen. The curse includes poverty, sickness, spiritual death. Every evil thing that occurs in the human race today is part of the curse that came on the world when Adam and Eve opened the door for Satan to come into the land. The blessing includes spiritual Mental, physical, financial, and social well-being. In other words, the benefits of heaven on earth for your family today are all included in the blessing. Every good thing is in the blessing. Every evil, horrible thing that you don't like in the world today is part of that curse. And so we need to read Deuteronomy 28 to gain knowledge of the blessing and the curse that's listed in the Abrahamic Covenant. So I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And if this don't light your fire, your wood's all wet. Amen. Deuteronomy 28. And he said in Galatians chapter 3 that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so the Holy Spirit inspired Moses to write these words down. And of course... Part of the promise of the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. But here's promises that the Holy Spirit had written out for us to read. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 says, And this is the blessings that belong to you as being one of Abraham's heirs through Jesus Christ. And it shall come to pass. I love those words. Because I know in my life sometimes when things aren't doing good, I know this is going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. Donnie, that season of yours is coming to pass. Amen. It's not where it is. But you're on the way to where you're going. It's coming to pass. It shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently of the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command you this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And so that hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God and obey his commandments, that simply means get serious about the word of God. Get serious that if you see it, you're going to do it. If God says it, you believe it and you're going to do it. He says these blessings come on the ones that are serious. So the blessing of God promised to those who choose to put his word first place in their lives. When you choose to put God's word first place in your life, you're choosing to step out of the cursed bill back into Blessingville. You're choosing to come into the blessings of God when you make that choice. As we look at these blessings, and a minute he's going to list some of the cursings, you got to know that when God made his cup of Abraham, he didn't do away with the curse. He just offered Abraham a way to live free from it, free from the effects by providing an umbrella protection and so we have to understand, you know, out here in the desert, we have to shield ourselves from the sun. Matter of fact, we had to be out for a while yesterday. We took an umbrella just in case it was out there too long. I thought, man, I've learned my lesson after living in the desert 12 years, that if I get out here, if I, at least if I have to be out in the open, I can do something to stop it from coming. I couldn't stop the sun, but I get shielded from the effect. And now we talked to some of our family that lives out on the East Coast. And we hear rain and rain and rain. It's been raining for days. Well, you can't stop the rain. You can be protected from the rain. We can't stop the curse. We can be protected from it. And you see how it started off when he said, 
if thou shalt hearken diligently. Hearken simply means to hear and to do. There's a difference between hearing and hearing and doing. Hearken means you hear it and you do it. If God says it, I'm going to do it. If God says it, I'm going to do it. Thou shalt not hate. Quit hating then. You know, just a bunny trail. I don't want to get on too many bunny trails. I want to keep on going. But I want to say this. As a born-again Christian, I eradicated the word hate out of my vocabulary. I would never say, I hate you. I would never even jokingly say, I hate you. I might say, I hate what you did. I would never hate anybody. Jesus said, if you hate somebody, you've murdered them in your heart. And he said, you know, no murder hath eternal life in him. In the book of Revelation, now listen to this. Can I pastor you or what? How big can we receive from a pastor? I noticed in the book of Revelation, and I asked Mrs. Pastor about this yesterday. I said, do you think God really means that? In the book of Revelation, chapter 20, 21, we're reading, you know what he said? He listed all the people that do sexual sins, fornicators, homosexuals, adulterers, and all those kind of things. But you know what he had right there with him? Oh, you're not going to like this, Mike. He said all liars, they were in the same category. He said all liars will go to the lake of birth, fire, and brimstone. And then he qualified, said those that love and maketh a lie. It's one thing if sometimes you're stupid, pressure's on, and you say something you shouldn't said. It's another thing if you live a lifestyle being a liar. So I would never say, I would never say to you, Mike, I lied to you. I wouldn't say that. You know what I'd say? I'd say, Mike, wow, man, I'll tell you what. The way I told that, you weren't exactly right. Here's how I should have said that. So I'm just saying there's things out there that we've got to know. We open doors. I am not a liar. There have been some times that the truth could have been spoken by Mike a little more clearer. But I don't love and make a lie. I don't hate people. I hate a whole lot of things I see going on right now. I hate a lot of things I see Christians doing. I hate a lot of things. That's why I got off Facebook. I cannot stand. I don't anymore see it, so I don't know about it. I can't stand to see somebody put on all the praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And then the next thing, have one of those goofy things there. Well, if you were the kind of person you want to be, how many men would you sleep with? And then praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And then the next thing I know, how else do you say it? Who got in here today? I caught the boob shot. Got the mirror, got that, and you're given that. And then it's hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many can shout for Jesus? I say, wow, man. I'm just saying there's a lot of things that Christians do that I hate. But I hate no Christians. I hate no Muslims. I don't hate people. Because if you hate people, Jesus said you're like a murderer. As the murderers don't have eternal life. I hate a lot of actions. And the Bible, even in Proverbs, says God hates seven things. It says God hates seven things. That's saying God hates seven people. It said he hates things. He hates, he hates the lion tongue. The proud look, the haughtiness, and all those kind of things. But he doesn't hate people. So I'm just telling you some of the things we need to do to protect ourselves, to stay under the blessing. Amen. He says, you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. And so you want to love him, put his word first place. And then these blessings will come on. Look at verse 3. I want you to see these. This is where God intends we should live. He says this, blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. That tells me, blessed shall I be if I live in the Midwest. Blessed shall I be if I live in the desert. Blessed shall I be if I live in Hollywood. Blessed shall I be if I live in New York City. Wherever God's got me at, I can be blessed. He said, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. That's my children. That's my grandchildren. He says, your children are blessed. 
It says, this is if you're a person that identifies with Jesus Christ as you're in the blessing land now, not in the cursed land anymore. I did not know these things existed in the family I grew up in. I got born again. I changed spiritual families and I found out my kids did not have to be cursed. They could be blessed. I found out I could be blessed whether I had a union job or a non-union job. I found out I could be blessed whether I lived on this side of the tracks or that side of the tracks. I found out it didn't make any difference where I lived. It made a difference who I looked to for where I lived, about what I could have. Somebody say amen. It says, And blessed shall be the fruit of thy ground, the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, or your cattle, and the flocks of thy sheep. In other words, blessed shall be your wages, your income, whatever you do for your living. He says it's going to be blessed. And by the way, that word blessed in the Hebrew simply means empowered to prosper. Empowered to prosper. And I'll, I'll throw out another little nugget. How, how, how many like some nuggets out of this? I had a man preach to my church one time that really understood the Jewish religion. And he said this. Have you ever heard of a word called bar mitzvah? I, th- I think it was 13 or 15 years old. I don't study that, so I don't know. But he said this. He said for a young man to pass his bar mitzvah, he had to memorize and understand the first five books of the law called the Pentateuch. But specifically Deuteronomy 28 said every Jewish, every Hebrew young man had to be able to recite Deuteronomy 28 forwards and backwards and inside out. He said, that's why, that's why, and, you know, the desert is different where I come from. We had a lot of Jewish people up where I came from. That's why I heard sinners say, now, that, listen, this is, this is not me saying this, because we know racist things are what the world lives in. But sinners said, watch out for the Jews. They move into the neighborhood, they'll take it over. I saw it happen on the south side of Indianapolis where the Shapiro's restaurant was. They bought the bakery. They bought the drugstore. They bought the apartments on that block. They bought the jewelry store. They took it over. But then when I heard that man explain this to me, I understood why. The Jewish people had it so ingrained in them for Deuteronomy 28 that I can't go wrong. I'm going to prosper. And these Jewish people I'm talking about, South Side of Indianapolis, were the ones that fled Nazi Germany. This is what I was raised right after World War II. This was the ones that lost everything in Germany and fled to America. They came over to America, they started buying up neighborhoods. Did they do that just because they were lucky? They did not believe they could fail financially. They saw, I'm blessed in America. I'm blessed in Germany. I'm blessed in Canada. I'm blessed in Austria. I'm blessed in Kentucky, Tennessee, California. Wherever I go, I'm going to prosper. Get this. Galatians chapter 3 says you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We have been programmed so many years. Weren't for bad luck, have no luck at all. Oh, just so unlucky. Poor old Paul. Boy, I just feel so sorry for Paul. No, I don't feel sorry for Paul. Paul has been empowered to prosper. Paul has the Spirit of God in him and on him has the word God tells him, Paul, you're Abraham's seed. Whatsoever you set your hand to, you're going to prosper. You're Abraham's seed. And so we're reading these things. You have got to get Jewish mentality in your thinking. God said, you're going to be blessed in the city. You're going to be blessed in the field. And you start getting that kind of thinking you to understand. Well, let me look at these verses here. Boy, I'll tell you what, they say it better than I can preach it. So I'll just look at these. I can't get away from this. This is so good. And so you look at this here. He says this. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. I call that my checking account and my savings account. Somebody said, my savings account isn't blessed because I don't have one. You better start one. God can't bless what you don't have. Put something out there. He says, blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, empowered to prosper. And empowered to prosper shall I be without goest out. Can you imagine getting this drummed into you night and day till you believe it? You're Abraham's seed. 
You saw that, didn't you? Did everybody see those verses? He says the promise of the Spirit is yours through Christ. It says, now look at this. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. Poverty, lack, bad luck, which is the curse, going to flee from you seven ways. Come out against you, going to flee seven ways. It says, the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. Upon thy storehouses, and all that thou sayest thy hand unto. He's talking about your savings, your investments, and all you set your hand unto. That's your job. God's going to bless what you set your hand to. And copies, I think about Jeff, about the inventions and things. This is part of Jeff's covenant. This is his inheritance. Bless what thou set thy hand to. He shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now look at this. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. That means when you sit in the Bible, do it. And if you blow it, repent and get it right. You fall down, get up and do it again. He says, walk in his ways. And look at this. This is what I want you to see. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. I was looking at that this morning, and I was seeing this afresh, but I'm getting ready to say. This is modern day on the news every day, that verse. There's two groups of people in the world that most of the sinners and most of the unsaved world and liberal politicians are afraid of. Jews and Christians. Jews and Christians. He said the people of the world are going to see the hand of God on us. They're going to be afraid of us. With all the terrorists and the things going on, you watch a lot of political stuff going on, they try to shut down Christians. They try to shut down Jewish people. They put us in a category, etc., etc. And why is that? It's not a political warfare. It's a spiritual warfare. We, as born-again believers, walking in life the Word of God, speaking the name of Jesus, can influence people. To live moral ways. And when people begin to live moral ways, ungodly politicians lose their platforms. Ungodly politicians lose their security. Ungodly politicians lose their base when morality rises. And so, in that verse right there, I see that part of the covenant coming to pass that we're hated. But, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. As we prosper... We control more things. How many have ever watched in the elections how many billions of dollars come in now to buy votes and things? Well, just think. If Christians had a hold of that wealth, elected morally, biblically believing people in political office, how the country would change. If Christians walked in their covenant, what he says right here is ours, we'd be able to have the money to do those things. We'd run for some offices. Do better preaching than you are shouting. Hey, man, you guys are getting really, really, really serious. Good. Get serious about what you're seeing today. Get serious about your covenant. This is the covenant that God made with Abraham. And then Galatians chapter 3, Holy Spirit through Paul said, that's for Abraham's seed. We're the seed. Amen. And so then he says, and the Lord shall make thee lack, plenteous in goods, plenteous in the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy cattle, fruit of thy ground, the land which the Lord swore to give thee. That's talking about prosperity, abundance, more than enough, not broke. The Lord shall open to thee his good treasure of the heaven to give the rain to thy land in his season. That was the blessing of God on the land, on the crops for the farmers, because they had lots of rain. We could sit in Southern California. When all these big farming operations get rain, they produce more. They produce more. More people have jobs. More food goes out. And our nation and our state's blessed. And to bless all the work of thine hand. That's twice God said that. That must be important as part of the blessing for Abraham's seed. To bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations. And thou shalt not borrow. Are you ready to put your thank you cap on again? This is real simple, but I didn't see it till God told me. 
This is one of those duh. About 20 some years ago, I was reading this. And I saw this. And God said, I want you, my people, to be the lenders and not the borrowers. And then he said this to me. Well, those questions asked me again, Mike. Man, he asked me these questions. always set me up, so I just keep my mouth shut. Because <laughs> when God sets you up, you know, you can say the religious answer you've always heard and be dumb. Or you just stay dumb and let God tell you so you can be smart. He said, I read that verse that said, said you're supposed to be the lender, not the borrower. I thought, wow, man, that's really good. He said, what does it take to be the lender, not the borrower? I said, I don't know. He said this. He didn't say it. Matter of fact, he said it pretty loud. Stop barling. As long as you're still on the barling end, you can never be the lender. The first thing to change the pendulum swing is to quit barling money. Is your toes under your seats? A good majority of you need plastic surgery this morning. You know what the plastic surgery is? That card that masters you, snip, snip, snip. For everything else, there's MasterCard. When that thing came out years ago, that commercial, you know what I do? I've got a thing called Mute. If I'm watching a ball game and they try to show me hot dogs and smiling face the kids and stuff like that, they're to say everything else, MasterCard, so I see it coming, it's Mute. Why is that? That's not going to get in me. No card is going to master me and my money. And the only visa I need is if I go on a missions trip, I can have a visa to get into that country. I don't need that visa card to charge me 12%, 14%, 28% interest, and then miss that payment, and then double that interest rate, and then throw a big fee on me. Well, you sound like you know what you're talking about. I do. I fell for that years and years and years ago. And I got tired of falling for it and being dumb. So I had plastic surgery. Amen or oh me. Amen. And uh, then it says that the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. And that thou hearken. Here it is again. Hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee to say to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or the left to go after other gods to serve them. Now, isn't that wonderful to see the blessings of God that belongs to Christians? The blessings of God that belong to Christians. And so we as believers, we need to start having some serious Bible-feeding times ourselves in our prayer closets and read these and read these, and read these, and read these, and read these. I look at Galatians chapter 3, and read these. And then out loud speak. If you have to say, Father, I'm dumb. I'm ignorant. I want to understand this. I want to get this. Open my eyes, Lord. I give you my ears. Lord, let me get a hold of this so I can see this. I want to know this. I want to do this. I want to walk in these blessings, Jesus. I want to be all you want me to be, Lord. I want to be a blessing to my family. I want to be a blessing to mankind, et cetera, et cetera. And so anyway, uh, when, when God made his covenant, he didn't do away with the curse. He just made the way to be protected from it. Now, I'm not going to read all these, but from verse 15 to verse 68, it tells the curse. I'm going to tell you how this works. As you begin to see what it is that these curses are, he says we're redeemed from these. And so I'm just going to just read just, just, just about three or four of these, and then we'll close it down, but then I'm just going to tell you how you work this. And so when a believer steps out from under the covenant with God, he automatically steps over to the hands of Satan, to the other side. So verse 15 says this, this is the curse that you're, you're redeemed from this. There shall come to pass, if you'll hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, deserve to do his commandments and statutes, command thee this day, if you don't do that, then all these curses will come upon thee and overtake thee. Here's the bad luck. Here's the Murphy's Law. Here's the ugly stuff. Cursed shall thou be in the city. Cursed shall thou be in the field. 
Cursed shall thou be thy basket, thy store, your money, that's poverty, prosperity, bankruptcy, and lack. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. In other words, we are redeemed from being cursed when we get up, when we lay down. We're redeemed from being cursed on our job. We're redeemed from being cursed with our bank books and everything we do. And I want you to look at verse 32 and 41. After all the people have children and grandchildren, this is very important. Verse 32, this is a curse. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given to another people, and thy eyes shall look and fell with longing for them all the day long. Be no might, no power in your hand, nothing you can do about it, because that's the way it is. That's a curse. Verse 41 Thou shalt begat sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for thou shalt go into captivity. And so, all these custody battles, and then also on the other side of the coin, the devil tried to take your children captive to gangs and drugs and those bad things. The Bible says right here, that's a curse. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ redeemed me from the curse. And so what I would do, I would go to these verses. I looked up to heaven and say, Father, you said it's a curse for my children to be raised by somebody else that doesn't know you. You said it's a curse that my children be taken from me and I have no power to do anything about it. And I'd say right here, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, you said, I'm redeemed from that. So I want to thank you, Lord. My children are coming home. I want to thank you, Lord. My children are coming back. I'm redeemed from that curse. Can you see how important it is to get a hold of this word? To get to this word? That's not the wishful, hopeful words of a daddy. That's the word of our Heavenly Father, Daddy, that says, I want your children raised for me. I want your children raised right. Last verse I want to look at is verse 61. Now, this 61... To me, for you, if you're facing sickness or illness, is one of the most important verses in the whole Bible for you, for your healing. Also, this is a curse. Every sickness and every plague or disease, which is not written in the book of this law, then will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. What that means is this. Anything that comes against your health, God says it's a curse. And so with all the modern names that they get diseases, did you ever think about the word disease, what it is? It disses your ease. So it's disease. It disses your ease. And so whatever it is, all the modern names they've got, it may not be in the King James Bible, but God says, even if it's not listed, if it's a sickness or a disease, it's a curse. Galatians chapter 3 says Christ redeemed you from the curse. And so what I do is something tries to get on my body, on my wife, my children, my grandchildren. I've been doing this for 37 and a half years. I'll open up Deuteronomy 28, verse 61. I'll look at that verse right there. I say, Lord, your word says every sickness and every disease is a curse. Then I'll point over at the person in my family that needs healed. And I'll say, that's a curse. That's not from God. They'll open up to Galatians chapter 3. I say, Lord, I want to thank you. We've been redeemed from this sickness, this disease. I want to thank you, Lord. You paid the price for us to be free. I'm Abraham's seed. I'm heirs according to the promise. I want to thank you, Lord. This belongs to us. It's in the Bible, Jesus. I want to thank you that it's ours. Well, I don't know about you, but I preach me happy. Amen. 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 And so I want to stand up and I just want to make a faith confession together as believers in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand up. And I just want to lead you through a simple Bible confession in line with this. Did anybody see anything today that helped them get a hold of something? Amen. 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 You do not do not have to put up with the curse on your family. You don't have to be poor and broke anymore. You don't have to be sick and addicted anymore. 
Your children do not have to stay in captivity. God gave you the contract right there to get them out. Amen. Close your eyes and raise your hands to heaven. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for becoming a curse for me. Thank you, Jesus. You're raised from the dead to give me the blessing. You're at the right hand of the Father where you ever liveth to make intercession for me. I freshly commit my life. I recommit. I rededicate my life to you. All that I am. All that I ever hope to be. I give to you. Lord, thank you that because of you, everything I set my hand to will be blessed. Thank you for healing. Thank you for health. Thank you for a sound mind. Thank you that my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren are going to live free from addictions, drugs, alcohol, sexual filth, and the evils of this world. Lord, I dedicate myself, my family, to belong to you, to serve you, to love you, to obey you. And I want to thank you, Lord. The Bible says it belongs to me because of what you did for me. Amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord a shout. Give him praise. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.